Hello, everyone. We're taking a brief moment before this episode to send out our very heartfelt love to Nick Nemiroff's family and all of his friends. He was an incredible comedian and a beautiful man, lovely person. We're still in shock over hearing about his untimely and uh, very sad death. And yeah, we feel a bit upside down right now, and we wanted to pay tribute to him before this uh, episode. And welcome back to another episode of Evil And this episode we have a special guest, humorist, David Deneen Porter And as his old friends know him, DDP Hey everybody, it's me, DDP, from France Hey everybody! I mean, oh, I mean, hey David! Fuck! I already <laughs> fucked up. Uh, let, hey, let, every- I'll take it from uh, here. Right, let's start again. Hey everybody! It's uh, Evil Man. Um, hey David! Good. <laughs> thanks for joining us all the way from sunny Los Angeles. Sunny Los Angeles. No, uh, David, I'm going to pump your tires here. David was a writer on the Late Late Show with James Corden, yeah. and you were head writer of a show called Magic for Humans on Netflix. Uh, guilty as charged. I uh, see so you've you've been, you've been down there in L.A. working on that stuff, but you started here in Toronto with us. Yeah. Or you did really funny stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> stuff that the whole family couldn't enjoy. And, and, and we met the day after 9 11, David the and day I. day after 9 11. Yeah. Incredible. We, we patted each other and on the back and said, job well done. We met the day before 9 11. <laughs> And you, you two, you met during 9-11. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was crying. Um, but thank you so much for visiting us from the city of where Flea is from. Oh, is he from there? L.A. I didn't, I didn't know if they were born there, if they were from like Ohio and they moved Oh, he was actually born in Australia, if you read his book. If you read his book, but if you don't read his book, he's, he's, he's born anywhere. Now, you know what I'm noticing first off the Cincinnati. bat here? David, you're doing an amazing job. I think you might need to put the mic closer to your lips. Oh, closer to my lips? I think so. Okay, pretend, I got him up here. Pretend, you can mix it. You have well, a garage band. Keep it up close. Pretend the mic is the most beautiful woman you've ever imagined. Yes, I'm thinking of uh, Kirstie Alley. Oh. And you're talking directly into her head. <laughs> I'm talking directly. Okay, let me... Wait, hold on. Yeah, okay. Right. So, yeah. Kirsty, I loved you in Madhouse with John Larroquette. <laughs> I truly love that movie. That movie, I've rented, that was a V. You know, when you're a kid and you rent the same, you know, hey, everyone listening, you remember how you rent VHS videotapes all the yeah, time? Yeah, absolutely. You know, those ones that you just rent over and over again, and you'd be like, Mom, I want to see Madhouse again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love that. Or that brother had to go find himself, and then he comes back with like, from the circus or something at the end? I don't really... All I remember is the <laughs> ending being like, and then the other family came to visit, and I kept thinking, there's going to be a sequel? But there was no yes. sequel. You know what yeah. I associate with VHS? Two. Money Pit with Tom Hanks, That's and right. also Spaceballs. Spaceballs is fucking sick, dude. Money yeah. Pit is it. When he goes... <laughs> Money Pit is good, too. 
For, okay, let's catch everyone up. Money Pit is a sitcom style movie, whole movie. I don't mm-hmm. know why I said sitcom. It's a whole movie <laughs> that stars Thomas Hanks and Shelley Long. Uh, they buy a house. It's a fixer-upper, let's say. Yeah, let, wink, wink. Up. More than a fixer-upper. Yeah, yeah, a little bit more than a fixer-upper. But there's that scene where he's standing on the rug, and it goes oh, through God. a hole in the ceiling, and he gets caught with his arms like he's hanging like a hot dog through the ceiling for hours and hours and hours on end. Yeah. That gave me nightmares. I just realized why they call it Money Pit. <laughs> <laughs> why? Because the floors shouldn't be like that. That's for the first time ever. Ladies and gentlemen, the truth. Um, <laughs> apparently, when Tom Hanks was stuck in that uh, precarious situation, that's where he came up with the idea of being in Save it, Saving Private Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> and Philadelphia. <laughs> well, the bathtub scene was Philadelphia. Oh, right. <clears throat> oh yeah. The bathtub scene. Mm-hmm. That's a great movie. They fill it with water and it f- crashes through the In floor. the movie Money Pit, did their marriage suffer because they bought this house that's falling apart? Well, you have to watch the movie to find out. But yes, let's just say that it causes a little bit of friction. <laughs> Can I say one other thing that I noticed? Yes, um, Mike. That maybe you guys didn't know because I'm a big Tom Hanks guy. I think he's like the everyman actor. He's our generation's uh, Jimmy Stewart. Um, did you guys know that uh, The Burbs is a prequel to Philadelphia? <laughs> <laughs> so same, same universe? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot the Klopex were in Philadelphia. Right, yeah, right, yeah. right. They're the ones who were like, you should hire him back. There's, just, there's a scene or two where like Tom Hanks' wife in The Burbs is like, how come we don't have sex ever? <laughs> How come Bruce Springsteen keeps on wandering around muttering in front of our home? <laughs> it's not funny, oh, I watched but the burbs. Is yeah. Jason Robards in that? I Maybe mean, look, Philadelphia's I, not funny. It's serious, but this is not. That's not what. But you know what's le- funny? Joe versus the volcano. League of Their Own. Another classic. All sure. No crying in the, baseball. When you play baseball. Remember this yeah. line? There's no crying in Philadelphia. Yeah, he's on the stand, weeping. No, 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 there's no crying in me. He's yelling at the jury. Yeah. Sometimes there is crying. Sometimes. I saw that movie when I was a child, (laughs) and I remember being sad and scared. I laughed the whole way through. Because I didn't get that it wasn't a comedy, so I was like, these guys are kissing each other? There's something weird there. First he was big. Yeah. (laughs) You might remember him from Big. Now he's thin. Did you guys know that Bruce Springsteen did another version of a theme song for Philadelphia that didn't make the cut? Did you guys know this? It was yeah. very upbeat, and it was like something like, give me a P, give me an H, give me an I-L-A, <laughs> and he spelled out the, the word Philadelphia, and it had a, like um, an amazing like cool guitar solo played by yeah. Prince. Did you know and that Randy originally? Newman originally was hired to write a song for it? And he goes, I love Philadelphia. <laughs> I remember, uh, but people seeing, don't realize he was being facetious. Yeah, he doesn't yeah. love it. Like on Siskel and Ebert, I guess they got, had a preview version of it, and they showed the opening. And I guess for temporarily, they had streaks on the china, <laughs> never matter before from Mister Belvedere. Oh, yeah, as a placeholder. Yeah, as a placeholder. Yeah. <laughs> Drop your jacket, magical. <laughs> Is that Randy Newman? No, no, that's, that's uh, Leon uh, Redbone. Like Mr. Belvedere? Leon Redbone. Oh, sorry. Wrestler? <laughs> yeah, he was like a floating gopher who <laughs> Grant wishes. Wrestler. <laughs> Wrestler. That's bad time. 
Mr. Belvedere feasts tonight. <laughs> Go to sleep. Let me eat your drink. Help me, Mr. Baseball. <laughs> okay. That's Did you know Marilyn Manson was on <laughs> Mr. Belvedere? Yeah. He, and, uh, right before he got his rib removed. <laughs> Marilyn yeah. Manson could definitely be an evil man episode. Actually, that was suggested on our Discord not long ago. There's Wrestling. nothing evil about music. Wrestling? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, that depends on your point of view. What did Marilyn Manson the, say? Marilyn Manson, are, be honest. Are you Rob Zombie? <laughs> <laughs> Shocking oh, news tonight from the world of music as Rob Zombie admits that he is Marilyn Manson. <laughs> It was a Alice joke. Cooper says. <laughs> oh. Remember in uh, Fahrenheit 9-11, Michael Moore interviews Marilyn Manson, and it was sort of like, geez, the guy seems like a freak. No, it was Bowling he, for Columbine. Oh, was it that? Yeah. But he's... Uh, right, yeah, that makes more sense. It was but he's actually really a smart, cool guy. And then you learn later, no, he wasn't. He was, yeah. a, he was, he was a jerk. Michael he's Moore a, should... He's a... Yeah. 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 Agreed. <clears throat> Worse than a jerk. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I really brought the temperature down. David. Well, you know what? In Evil Men, we talk about evil men, and there you go. They yeah. celebrate evil, and, uh, you know, I love the show. Uh, me and my, my friends in the coven every day, we, we have the evilometer as well. We well, made a... David, cool. you do. I know you do listen to this podcast every time. Every so Thursday morning. Me. Yeah, I, I love it. I uh, text James. I refuse to text anyone else on the podcast. <laughs> so you go I hiking in Runyon Canyon, and you, <laughs> you turn up your AirPods, and you listen to the show. And I get my uh, gallon of whitewash and keep the Hollywood <laughs> side nice and clean as I tell people, wait, are you all right? <laughs> Who's the most famous person you ever jogged by? Kevin Smith. Really? Yeah. I saw him at a Whole Foods in West Hollywood as well. I might have been staying huh. with you, honestly, when I yeah. saw him. Yeah, he does push-ups at Whole Foods <laughs> wow. to show people how much weight he's lost. And, when, and I swear like, to God... True? He doesn't do push-ups at Whole Foods, but he does hike uh, Runyon every single day. And That's when, great. And when yeah. I saw Kevin... I don't know if it, this was what you saw when, when you saw him, but when I saw Kevin Smith at Whole Foods, he had the backwards hat on, he had the big shorts on, oh, he had the ho- he had the yeah. hockey jersey on. Yeah, that's Kevin Smith's uniform. That's, like, I you'd think those, he would uh, maybe change it up, his- but no. I think that's a condition of his parole, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> what? To look like a seven-year-old boy from 1983. What is his team that he wears a hockey jersey for? I think it varies. I know he's yeah. a. I think he's a New Jersey Devils fan. He's a New Jersey guy. Yeah, he's a Jersey Devils it is fan. A, it is he the best look these. for a grown man to wear an oversized yeah. shirt that looks like a dress, and you look like Alvin the Chipmunks. If you want to be successful for the rest of your life, you have to dress exactly how you did when you penned your indie surprise hit Clerks. <laughs> A little Canadian, if you guys like little Canadian uh, tie-in. I do. He was at the Vancouver Film School when he penned Clerks, and he had an opportunity to produce it, so he asked them for his money back, and they gave it to him, and he used that money. He used the tuition he paid for to go there uh, to make the movie, and they were nice enough to give his money back. Yeah. I just had a little Canadian tie-in for dinner. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Because we had Thai food. Well, I'm just thinking the audience Mike doesn't did. know that. Mike had the rest Thai of food. us actually didn't. The rest of us had uh, just normal burgers. <laughs> <laughs> I've always got to be a little bit different. Um, and yes, I had gastronomical had tour of the world. But thank you for sharing that uh, inside nugget of your good friend Kevin Smith. <laughs> I look. I'm not going to lie. We're not friends, but I have run into him in various hiking locations like seven or eight times. And uh, he nods to everyone who walks by him, whether they're looking at him or not. Hmm. Wow. Oh, that's sweet. Whether he's like, literally, people will be talking and taking pictures of deer or whatever. He just goes, mm-hmm. 
waiting for them to notice that he's <laughs> nodding at them. It's a Jersey thing. Yeah, in New Jersey, everybody does this. You nod. <laughs> yeah. In New Jersey, everybody has a head problem. They can't. They do this. <laughs> you sucked uh, 82 dicks or whatever. And she's like, I was nodding at them. <laughs> uh, what, what, how, what was the number? That was a classic scene. Is that remember? from Clerks? Yeah, Clerks. I don't he gets know, I've mad never seen it. Because his girlfriend hasn't slept with as many girls as many men as he has slept with girls, so he thinks that's okay. And then he finds out, though, that she has given fellatio to a multitude of men. So he gets mad. Yeah. You know what? In Chasing Amy, I think a big part of that movie was that Ben Affleck was angry that he found out his girlfriend had a threesome with two crappy guys. Real theme here, huh? Like, he's just always mad at his girlfriend that she... There is double standards in sexual relationships. I agree, but it's just jealousy. You know, it's, it's and who, who better if to explore that out, than Kevin Smith? If I ever found out a that a man sexual in a partner, giant hockey jersey. <laughs> <laughs> if I ever found out a sexual partner of mine had had sex standing up, the only thing I've never done, and I would be fucking furious. You've never done that, David. I've never had sex standing up, just sitting. Just sitting, yeah. What about doggy style? If I found out that, I would be furious. <laughs> You'd be pissed, eh? If, if you found out doggy your, style? your partner did it doggy the style? The style of the devil? <laughs> <laughs> I would be equally, I think, furious if I found out that my partner had ever had sex facing someone and seen them while it was happening. Yes. Yeah. You looked so into I'm someone's eyes and you. saw their soul? When you would, yeah, I don't know. I had a thought and then I was like, I cannot say this. <laughs> if I'm ever with someone who even... Uh, kissed another person I get upset and I l- go back and move in with my parents again for two weeks <laughs> son you gotta get out of bed <laughs> I can't <laughs> uh, we'll be fine eh with all the stuff that's happening these days we'll be fine eh? we'll be fine yeah. uh, the uh, what an eighth wave is starting are you excited to go back to LA where all the action is and all the good stuff is um, and where you're in the heart of America no I've been back here for like a short period of time and I'm just like it rains here and there's green things it's like uh, about I know bo- I'm only boogers? here in the summer because like when it in the winter Toronto basically becomes the upside down mm-hmm. but like during the summer this is the most beautiful city in the world and it has the most Woo-hoo! beautiful comedy scene in the world don't too. forget what Winston Churchill said about Toronto when he was flying over in a plane I'm hungry <laughs> I'm Did hungry for a cigar. Down there? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but he did say apparently. Yeah. They built a city in that forest. Yeah. Toronto. I, if you've never been to Toronto, let me describe it for you. Green. Oh, in the David. Summer. Well done. In the summer. Gray in the like winter. Green desert? in the summer. <laughs> you don't like hot yellow desert? No, I hate it. But you know what you guys it get, stinks too. which is beautiful. It stinks. The there? sunset over the Pacific that makes the sky look like orange crush and cream soda. Yeah, a baby. <laughs> it's that you can't beat the sunsets on the west coast and you get a palm tree in front of you you know you get the classic like ocean pacific t-shirt logo yeah, in your actual that. face i was about to say that la is a great t-shirt but uh i don't know if it's a great city nice yeah but you got all those stars there you got uh who you got you got jack Al nicholson <laughs> uh, the guy from Charles in charge yeah Oh yeah, uh, Tim, Scott Timoth. <laughs> you got Nicholson, Scott Bio. Who else lives there? Got to be someone Warren else. Warren Beatty. Warren Beatty's there. 
Um, Andy Kaufman. Andy is he Kaufman? still around? James Cromwell. James Cromwell. James Earl Jones. Yes. Is he still alive? Well, for for as of for the purposes of this recording, yes. Where oh, does Sting live? Ooh, I think he lives in Burlington, Ontario. <laughs> <laughs> he lives right near Hamilton. I love Burlington. <laughs> oh yeah. I can't. I can't. I can't stand leaving Burlington. I can't. I can't. Every step you take <laughs> in Burlington. <laughs> Dundas. <laughs> You're so close to Hamilton tonight. <laughs> Dundas. Copper. Wait, wait, is it? Okay, let me get it. Dundas. Conservation area. <laughs> good hikes. Have you been there? No, but no. good. But it's near it's near Westdale, which is where McMaster is. But you've got deep Toronto roots. So coming back and walking around some of your old Haunts. stomping ground, yeah. do crazy, uh, almost like, uh, you know... Uh, flashbacks. Yeah, and flashbacks I'd, knock you off your feet when you're on the I sidewalk. I wake up in a lot of hospitals, let me put it that way. <laughs> oh, yeah. you were, I get you. Like yeah. you used wink. to when you lived here. We were driving up here. <laughs> <laughs> that's the best see here's what Americans don't get in Canada hospitals are like hotels you can just go yeah. and stay there if you're sleeping you can masturbate and <laughs> you can masturbate with your hand against the window as you look at the parking lot below <laughs> I'll be right back sir oh man we- I'll be right back sir yeah, that's what the nurse is saying to you. Oh, yeah, I'll be right back. As you're going like... <laughs> the window. Oh, my God. Yeah, I, um, I love it. You walk, around, you walk around here and, you know, everything's different. Everything... I moved away... Uh, I moved out of this joint in seven years ago and everything is really different. But at the same time, you hit an intersection where you're like, I know this intersection. This is where Phil and Dana got donuts that one. You know, you just like mm. all these memories. Let me trigger yeah. you right now. Oh, are you Grapefruit Moon. Oh, that's and we're a not, rest- and we're not talking wow. about the Tom Waits song, listeners. That's, that's, that's a, a restaurant. Is right? it gone? That, no, is it's it still there. there. That's a restaurant it's right by there. where David used to live on Bathurst Street. For years. And I go jogging yes. by that. And it's and I, a good mm. coffee, breakfast place. Shout out. You go jogging by there? I go jogging right by where David used to live regularly. But and you I always don't think, see Kevin Smith. Who do you see? Uh, on Bathurst Street? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Professor Jordan Peterson. Yes. yes <laughs> Jordan yes. Peterson actually does live near there, right? Uh, he <laughs> lives somewhere in the annex, I think, which is also where I live. <laughs> Damn. No connection, though. Find it out. I bet we could find out right now where Jordan Peterson lives if one of you guys has 5G. <laughs> I think Flanagan knows because he lived a block up from you. <sighs> oh, he lived a block up from me? Yeah, his, he grew up there. Oh, yeah. Oh, he's he's a deep Torontonian, right? You're yeah. Nick Flanagan. Yeah. yeah. Well, I was born in, in the beaches. Ooh, opposite side of the city. And when I moved to Etobicoke, <laughs> uh, my dad still lived in the beaches, so I did the west, east west trip. A lot. East side to the west side. <laughs> but I never was <laughs> like a. Ride. <laughs> but people who are from like Young and Eglinton or Young and Lawrence always tell yeah. me I'm not from Toronto. But Young and Eglinton is like York. Exactly, and I'm by like Royal York Station. I'll fucking kill you. Well, York Station is also York, though, isn't it? Or is no. that Etobicoke? No, it's Etobicoke. I'm from. It's y- just Etobicoke, past Old Mill. 
I'm from you. This is does it, anyone? I'm from this? Yugoslavia. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I, I, I'm from I like Yugoslavia, <laughs> but I like Toronto very much. <laughs> <laughs> you have very plentiful ladies and uh, long, long streets. Not like Yugoslav streets are so short. They are five feet, six feet, maybe length. That's it. <laughs> we don't have A and W teen burger. <laughs> like Toronto, we have old burger, young burger, nothing in between. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know what that care. Who's this? Laka Gravis ask. Yeah, I know. I am young from the old well, country. Get out of here with your Latka ass. <laughs> <laughs> um, should I tell the story of what happened to me last time we recorded? Oh, yeah. It depends. Shit. Everyone, put on your diapers because you're going to piss yeah. yourselves. And listeners, if you're about to sit down to your supper or a nice luncheon or maybe a late breakfast uh, or a late night snack. Maybe uh, listen to this little story after you've eaten. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> please put your hands inside the vehicle because we are about to enter the James Zone. James Zone. Everybody come from far and wide going to listen to a story from Mr. H. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, that Vietnamese food is really kicking in. <laughs> I feel crazy, man. Uh, great job, guys. Thank you for the intro. Well, <clears throat> last time we were recording, we were doing the Jaws episode. We were right here in this um, uh, warehouse, basically, slash office space that our friend uh, Sophia. Sophia lets us use for free. That was the best. She's so nice. Yeah. So we're like so grateful to have this place to record. Um, it's so kind of her. We want to be like really, we don't want to mess anything up, of right? The last not. thing we want to do is inconvenience her. Exactly. Yes, or disturb her collection of dismembered mannequins. Exactly. <laughs> so last week, I can't help it. I have to go to the bathroom. Bathroom. <laughs> 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 Every now and then, our certain friend has to always use the toilet. <laughs> that's not totally fair. That's not totally fair. I haven't used it today. Every now and then. But here's the thing. I know my reputation in this precedes me, which is part of what makes it so frustrating. Anyways. Is the reputation of someone who uses the bathroom No, who has a bad stomach because oh, they right, talk right. about it. My, you know. Anyways. We actually care about it. It's not a... You're okay. Yeah. Thank you. So I go into her bathroom. Mm-mm. And I use the toilet. Now, Uh-oh. I I don't want to get gross, but for the sake of the story, I have to a little bit. This wasn't diarrhea. <laughs> this wasn't, oh my God, so much poop everywhere. This is like, I I was, on, I'm just going to be flat out. I was a little bit constipated. You so said it was, it was like a l- few pellets, like it rabbit poop. It was a tiny amount of poop. I'm sorry <laughs> for grossing everybody out. Those, right? Exactly. A tiny amount. You know amount. it wasn't chocolate. No. I, I don't. So, and I, uh, along with so that. You might have wasted chocolate, is what you're saying. <laughs> you might have wasted important chocolate. Possibly. So, along with this tiny amount of poop, was I used a tiny amount of toilet paper. It corresponded with the amount of poop, okay? Like the kind of toilet paper you put on your face when you cut yourself shaving? Like a that bit amount? more than that, okay. but not a lot. <laughs> we interrupt this story to remind you that last episode, James told a long story about Fred. Farting. <laughs> True. Well, hey, I know That's what the audience so likes. Up. So anyway, I do this small thing. I flush the toilet. Damn water starts raising up. 
Uh-oh. It's okay. I know what I'm doing. Yeah. I can use a plunger. A rising tide lifts all boats. Yeah. It is a little weird that it's rising because I didn't do a lot, but okay, no problem. I'll plunge this. <laughs> plunging, plunging, plunging. Nothing's happening. There's oh. no way you could have clogged the toilet with how little you pooed. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. But get this. So I'm plunging. Not much is fucking happening. Next thing I know, there's water coming out from under the toilet. Where the toilet connects with the floor, there's water coming out. Now I'm going, what the hell's going on? We have to go. Like We all have to leave. This is at the end of the night. And you were rushing anyway to get out of here because you were trying to get to a show you were doing also. And there's just like water from the toilet coming out. Filling up the bathroom. I will say, don't worry, customers. It was far away from all the all the you know the oh, yeah. the items it in the store. Wasn't that crazy? There wasn't but any damage. It did suck it was, because the bathroom is very far away from the inventory. Yes, yeah. Yeah, But yeah, I yeah. basically went through like two <laughs> rolls of full rolls of paper towel trying to. Like, we can't leave with and, at wet. this point. Chris and I were in the front part of the warehouse, and we just hear we're like getting ready to go. We just hear, oh no. <laughs> I doubt you heard that, Mike. <laughs> fucking nerd. <laughs> oh, sorry, that was harsh. That was I harsh. I, said I lashed out. I, I lashed out. I lashed out. With the tough skin. Oh, I lashed out. I lashed out at Mike. I'm sorry. It's okay. You were in. You know, you're, this is emotional. You're, you're reliving. I am it emotional. Yeah, it's yeah. okay. Anyway, so. Yeah, we can't leave because there's toilet water all over. What are we going to do? Leave this this like place we're like lucky to use mm-hmm. with toilet water over the floor? So we had to call her so at I nine call at Sophia night. Sophia at nine at night. She's like, hello. <laughs> because, uh, you know, she's busy, hardworking, making present day gift baskets for everybody yes. that are like. Unbelievable. I'm critically acclaimed. They're yeah. beautiful. Coslix mustards, bla- olives, you name it. Everything's in it. Nuts. <clears throat> Nuts. Uh, all kinds of beautiful stuff. Inventory. Don't worry. Like I said, the bathroom's nowhere near the inventory. But anyways, I text her and I say... We actually texted her and I said, Someone... Uh, is, the, is there <laughs> something wrong with the toilet here? Because someone used it yeah. asking for a friend. And then she wrote back, and she listens to the podcast regularly, yep. and she wrote back, is that friend James? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so then she comes. I've never met her before. She's so nice, nicest like really the ever. nicest person Sweetness. maybe I've ever met. She understood. And this is, but that's how I'm meeting her. Like, I'm sorry, you have to go look at the toilet that and I, even if you my say, stuff is still in. Did you have your <laughs> shoes off and your pants legs rolled up? No, I just the bottom of my shoes were disgusting. And even if you say to someone... <laughs> After that happens to the toilet, like, it was barely a couple uh, I know. nuggets, like it deer poo on the trail. That's about it. They wouldn't believe exactly. you because the toilet was so f- backed up. Yeah, exactly. I don't know how you guys clog toilets, but <laughs> it's not the poo that clogs the toilet. How much you poo shouldn't matter. It's how much toilet paper <laughs> well, you use. Well, fair. Right? But that, I was just explaining I or didn't use a lot. Of toilet paper or were you using? Yeah. You didn't use no, a lot? I, it, I know it wasn't. I'm just going to be honest. It wasn't my fault. <laughs> I was. It was a bad place, bad time, and I had a bad reputation. Rider? I had a bad reputation that preceded me. It was a. It was a perfect storm of a bad situation for me. Did anyway, you flush any bags or anything down there, or any feminine hygiene products? Um, oh, I, you use those um, male wipes, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do use. I do bring dude wipes with me everywhere. But I did offer at a certain point to go out into the alleyway and find like a bucket that you could use to. Sweep yeah, that was it out. nice. I couldn't find a bucket though. No. Yeah. Anyway, it all that worked was nice, out. You fucking nerd. 
<laughs> I'm sorry, Mike. You triggered me. No, it's okay. I was embarrassed telling the story already, it's and okay. then when you piled on, I was triggered. But nobody asked you to tell the story. I know, but I'm being funny. <laughs> do you really? You're telling me you don't think people enjoy the James Zone and my vulnerabilities? I think they really I think do. I think well, the then we the gotta podcast. like support yeah, yeah. me in my vulner- I am, vulnerability. I am, but it's like you know. I know that every time I listen to the James Zone, I usually have to shower. Afterwards. <laughs> well, it, you know it's gonna get nasty it, when we do it. Definitely. And what is the? I'm, I'm sorry if you if you have more of the story. No, to that's tell, pretty much it. But the nice ending to it is we came back here tonight to the warehouse and. If you go to the back where the bathroom is, what, what we see there this week? Out of order. But new? Brand new toilet. Oh, sorry. A new toilet. I haven't actually gone back and looked. I think the out new of toilet. order sign is a gag on yeah. us. Yeah. But probably brand, new a toilet. brand new toilet. Yeah. She said they did need a new toilet anyways, and they knew that. Well, that's at least something. It's so, a brand yeah. new toilet Do and a brand new day. That. <laughs> Down here in the USA. <laughs> well... That's pretty much it. It was just a, it was a really embarrassing thing that happened last week. It was a horrible way to meet this wonderful yeah. person who lets us use her office. So <laughs> that's pretty much it. David, do you want to take us out of the James Zone? We are now exiting. You know, we're getting out of the James Zone or whatever we're doing. I don't know. Rewind. Hope you had a nice time. We'll see you again, my friend. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dreams. Beep beep. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, before we get to the evil man this week that David chose, let's mention Sorry. That we have a Patreon. I chose Slime Man. <laughs> <laughs> Patreon.com slash evil men. And if you sign up for a few dollars a month, you get at least two bonus episodes a month. And you get access to our dis- uh, Discord. Mm. And you'll get a picture of David. Yes. yes. Actually, a framed photo this week, with probably. a black ribbon around it. <laughs> yeah. David, you're on the Discord. I am on the Discord. I notice Mike doesn't spend much time in there. Mike isn't Sorry, too much. Mantis. Mantis, yes. Yeah. I, I plan in July 2022 to really make my presence felt on Discord. Just a little announcement there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. You know, we all have uh, a real life outside of the podcast, and sometimes <laughs> it gets busy. <laughs> uh, it's hard to just go on Discord and yeah. talk about uh, wrestling with all the boys, but... Uh, uh, sometimes I catch up, and they're really great conversations, and uh, love and appreciate everyone who uses the Discord. It's weird. I find everyone on there to be pigs. <gasps> I'm just kidding. I love pigs. Portugal, Ireland, Greece, Spain. My favorite countries in Europe. <laughs> um, also, I'm just going to say one more thing about Sophia's company, Present Day Gifts. You can use an evil men, all caps, all together, no space, evil men discount for 10% off on presentdaygifts.ca their gift baskets and they are actually high class beauties um mm-hmm. yeah they're doing really well it's a nice successful gift basket company so look them up when you're uh trying to think of a gift and uh you know, yeah all the other gift basket companies that you you order from sadly to say you order a gift basket and it looks nice on the website. You get it home, you open it. It's just a, there's bees inside. They come out, they attack you. Yeah. Or there's a little coyote inside there. Sometimes uh-huh. that With doesn't happen. In its mouth. Mouth. Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's eating your cat. And that does not happen with present day gifts. This is because this is our official, our own original um, uh, ad for Sophia. I'm going to say present day gifts. 
gift baskets that don't suck shit. Oh, that's good. Oh, wow. Apparently, if you pay an extra hundred bucks, they'll send the gift basket in the old toilet. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll sign the toilet. Oh, or that's no, actually James a good idea. I'll sign it. Sign yeah, sure. Don't let I mean, you kind of already signed it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what a nightmare. It's fine, James. It's fine, Mike. It's fine. It's fine, fine James it's and Mike. Fine. I'm sorry, Mike. Your father no. and I would like to have a word with you. About James, I forgive it. you for snapping at me and, and calling me a nerd. It, it's really... You don't want your fucking forgiveness. Right. It's water under the bridge. Well, okay. Thank you. you Shall we get this, to the evil man? forgiveness, James. Okay. Let's get to the this today's morning evil man. Uh, David... You chose the guy. Yes. H.H. Holmes. H.H. Holmes stands for a hunk of hunk of Holmes. Mmm. Is it chocolate? Uh, well, James. Yeah, is it chocolate? <laughs> 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 it's a chocolate bunny who uh, <laughs> had adventures. Um, Herman Webster Mudgett. Better known as H.H. Holmes, was a 19th century American con artist and serial killer who confessed to 27 murders. My name is Mudget. (laughs) And he had something people called a murder castle. Something people refer to as a murder castle. (laughs) Yeah. Not a good sign. But who doesn't have a murder castle? Um, If you have a murder castle, you might be a Mudget. I've been priced out of murder castles recently. They're just the. the it, well, twenty years oh, ago, twenty years yeah. ago, you could afford one. Yes. Yeah. Now, how do how do you start? I'm going to be renting a murder castle the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> so many people bought murder castles during the uh, pandemic. 2009, yeah. there was a huge murder castle bought a sell-off. Yeah. Everyone could have got in yeah. the murder castle bubble bust. Murder Castle Bubble Butt <laughs> Turtle Power. <laughs> Murder Castle Bubble Butt Turtle Power. Uh, that has to go in, Mike. It'll be there. Let's. Uh, so, uh, Mr. Mudget. Holmes, Mr. Mudget, as he was originally known, was born in New Hampshire in 1861, before the start of Canada. Right. 1861, Damn, yeah, right before the start of Canada, but he was born during the American Civil War, which was fought to free the slaves. <laughs> good info, David. Mudgett's a good guy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, it was said at an early age he was fascinated with skeletons and soon became obsessed with death, which may have led him to pursue medicine. Hmm. <laughs> 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 you become obsessed with skeletons and you're like... How can I see the most skeletons in the world? <laughs> doctors see a few. A lot of doctors are big Halloween guys, you know? They, yeah. Do you love skeletons too? Like at a <laughs> school? At, yeah. So at the age of 17, this guy got married. Had a son at 19. Damn. Pretty no, young. pass. You can't get married that young. I know, agreed. You don't even know what your sexual tastes are at that age. Exactly. <laughs> and you don't know if you're going to be a murderer or not yet. Yeah, you mm. got to figure out how you want to kill people before you get married. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, 21, he entered uh, the University of Michigan's Department of Medicine and Surgery, graduated two years later. <laughs> <laughs> you used to have to take two huh? years. I guess they didn't know anything yet, so you only had to memorize Yeah, that like, is pretty quick, huh? Two years he was 21, facts. and then he's yeah. a doctor two years later? He'd be a doctor in two years. Like, security guard courses are that long now. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. It takes that long. Did he to- graduate Kuma some loud? I don't have that info, but... Why yeah. not? And also, this is kind of funny. 
He went from graduating medical school to working in drugstores, by the way, which... Is like a pharmacist or... Kind Do of. Do you think huh? you had to... Mr. Pharmacist. <laughs> Do you think you had to um, be like a doctor to be a pharmacist first back then or something? That's what I'm wondering. I don't know. It seems sort of strange. You have, to go to, you have to go to like a special pharmacy you school. You go to pill school before have, you can... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Round ones are for the headaches and the ones <laughs> for the ladies who talk too much. Take all these and put them in your skeleton. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I guess the reason why, because well, what is medical school now? Like four years after undergrad? I have no idea. So it feels probably, like it's a long time. Like they never knew. They didn't know anything about women's health back then. Probably the extra two years yeah. are like two years for men, two years for ladies. <laughs> yeah, the time they yeah. just stopped, after, just stopped men. after men. Yeah. It takes a year just to learn about the ovaries. Yeah. Well, let's get back to Mr. Holmes hearing. So uh, Holmes is in medical school, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And he started stealing cadavers from the laboratory, Dr. Frankenstein, burning or disfiguring them, and then planting the bodies, making it look as if they had been killed in an accident. Can I say something? Yeah. He reminds me of Dennis the Menace. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what a great prank he's that would a pr- be. Uh, yeah, he's definitely his... Oh, the rascal, I guess. So he's stealing, stealing bodies. Cadaver, putting it in a lady's dress. Well, <laughs> so here's what he do. Putting it on Mr. Wilson's porch. <laughs> that, that damn H.H. Holmes again. Um, well, the thing what he would do is he'd take out insurance policies on these people and then hide the bodies and pretend they died then. And then when the bodies were discovered, get the insurance money. Okay, so what we know, he's, he's, he's gone to medical school. He's stealing these... <laughs> Bodies. He's claiming insurance <laughs> on them. You know. So his wife in 1884, she moves away. Get a new hub- hubby, girl. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, it was described that he had been violent with her and that she knew little of him. Oh, that's immediately so evil. If you know little of him, why'd you get married? Um, Honey. And that's on both of them. That's on both of them. Not just yeah. Um, so not a um, good dowry. Mm. <laughs> so uh, at this point, our guy changes his name to H. H. Holmes. To avoid being traced after these Triple sort of all H. these scams, he doesn't want to get yeah. in trouble. So he moves to Chicago. Mike? Love and marriage, <laughs> love and marriage. If you steal bodies and need to move somewhere new, why is that show set in Chicago? Married yeah, children. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Children. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, eighteen eighty-six, Chicago. Holmes has taken a job at a drugstore, which again seems strange to me when you're a doctor, but I guess that's how it was then. Owner of the drugstore dies, and Holmes convinces his widow to let him buy it. Mm. Now, this is interesting. The widow goes missing not long after, never seen again. <laughs> she went she's still out there. Well, Holmes <laughs> claimed that she moved to California, but this was never verified. Mm. Mm. Right. Interesting. She said she was walking to California. <laughs> She said she was trying to meet Kevin Smith. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, After Holmes had become the owner of this drugstore, he purchased an empty lot across the street. And uh, with this empty lot, he designed and built a three-story hotel, which is really famous, and which the neighborhood at the time called The Castle. Um, So during its 1889 construction, Holmes hired and fired several construction crews so that no one would have a clear idea of what he was doing. Um, What? In retrospect, the legends say and the rumors say that he was designing a murder castle. That's what they called it. The murder castle, this place. Um, And so this, and this was all going on because I read that book, The Devil in the White City. 
Is it about him? It's about the Chicago World's Fair and the activities of H.H. Holmes. Oh. Oh. And all the people who maybe went missing and stuff. But this was like... Probably mm. happening at the same. I think the same I read time. the World's like, Fair was ninety three. Okay, and so, so was, I guess he built it in eighty nine. Right, so we're just before. So they're building the all the sh- like Chicago was like changing, getting ready for right. this massive thing. Yeah. Well, the reason I brought it up is that uh, there Chicago was like suddenly this city where I guess like hundreds of thousands or whatever of people, tens of thousands of people were coming to, and maybe it was like. Uh, Easy to get mic- lost in the mix, right? Maybe? That's the step, right, exactly. Yeah. So, um, so after the construction of this hotel was done in ninety one, in eighteen ninety one, uh, Holmes was placing ads in newspapers offering jobs for young women and advertised the castle as a place of lodging. He also placed <laughs> instead of logic, <laughs> it is a place of logic. Yeah, there's reason. just like math equations on yeah. the walls. <laughs> All right, silly women. Um, he also placed ads presenting himself as a wealthy man looking for a wife. So was he? Div- sorry, was he divorced at this uh, point? Or did he just I think his wife, I, his wife. A lot of these guys don't bother getting divorced. Their <laughs> no, wives just, just leaves, and then they. <laughs> so um, before Facebook, yeah, or, yeah, exactly. So uh, some claim that the structure contained a secret torture, secret torture chambers, trap doors, gas chambers, uh, a basement crematorium. You know, all sorts of stuff like that. I bet you I could have beat all that stuff. <laughs> like like a effed up Home Alone. Effed up is right. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I was wish... Was Kevin a murderer? <laughs> well, good question. Does he do that stuff to people who don't deserve it? Not just the, the <laughs> wet bandits. Well, I mean, do the wet bandits deserve what happened to them? Or do they just deserve a good the ethical question. called on them? Yeah, yeah, that's true. He's kind of taking the law into his own hands. I think I Kevin McAllister is a libertarian. I just yeah. suddenly, I didn't even think like, of Why this. didn't he call the police? Why didn't he just call the police? It's a great question. Because he was home alone and he would get in trouble for being a kid at home. <laughs> get in trouble for being under 25. <laughs> He's going to go away for a long <laughs> it would time. Be funny, it would be funny if like militias that don't want to have the police or anything like, you know, defend themselves. Watch Home Alone kind of to get pumped up. Like, <laughs> see, you know, that's the kind of shit. That's, that's the way it should be. <laughs> Someone be. breaks into your house, just get a bunch of marbles and a nail and some yeah, I don't uh, need cops. I need flamethrowers. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Remember when uh, Daniel Stern stepped on a nail, went right deep oh, into his oh, foot? Oh, oh you know, I'll never forget that. <laughs> Apparently, he was a guy will either. <laughs> Yeah, it's up there with, uh, you know, are you talking to me? Because, <laughs> you know, when you step on a nail, it's though, our- tetanus suddenly is part of the picture. You got to worry, are, am I going to get tetanus? Do I have my shots? Am I going to die? That's yeah. our generation's JFK's head exploding in a car. <laughs> right? <laughs> what? Didn't that you tweet something the other day about Travis Bickle would have had a roommate? Uh, I, I tweeted a thing that's like, uh, a modern day Travis Bickle could never afford a gorgeous New York City apartment on a taxi driver's salary. Yeah, I thought of a funny joke. <laughs> that after. he would live with a roommate or in a suburb. <laughs> yeah, I pictured him going like, are you talking to me? Are you talking to me? And then a roommate going like, are you talking to me, Travis? <laughs> <laughs> what? Like, what? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> oh, I'm practicing. Uh. <laughs> beep, beep. <laughs> Beep, beep. <laughs> so, anyway, as I said, this murder castle, there's a lot of stories about it that it's kind of like a, almost, you know, out of a horror movie, like, 
stairwells to nowhere and weird trap doors and hidden rooms and all this kind of fun stuff. And (laughs) I I wish it was true. It's kind of like... Joyful. Well, you know... So you're saying that this this has been debunked? Because in that book, it talks about how he sort of planned the murder castle... He built like a blueprint, but he d- he wasn't an architect, and so it was all like irregular. And each room or wing hmm. looked different, or was like the floors were slanted, or the, the doors didn't close properly, and Interesting. stuff like that. Interesting. Well, honestly, from what I read, it said that the hotel was uh, moderately sized and largely unremarkable. Oh. It did contain some hidden rooms, but they were used for hiding furniture. Homes <laughs> bought on credit and didn't want to pay for, <laughs> but. If you, I mean, I just literally uh, yeah. looked up some stuff on the internet. So if you read a, a book, we could. I, w- I would go with your. Uh, we could all your read research. that book. Do you have it with you? I have. I can. We could all it. read it from Audible. Pause the podcast. <laughs> okay. Come back in six hours. Yeah, hold on a second, guys. We're gonna read a book. And we're back. Um, and we're back. But that does kind of make sense because he kept hiring and firing construction crews. Yes. So maybe it was all the house yeah. was all weird. It, it was a, certainly a weird place. Was there a room but full the of mirrors? The final construction crew would certainly know if it was <laughs> a murder castle. You know what I mean? Like you can't be Did like. Did the stairs turn into a slide? <laughs> was there a room full of mirrors? Was there a drain in the middle of the living room? <laughs> I'm serious. Well. <laughs> Was there a noose in the bell tower? (laughs) There Um, was a lazy river and some inner (laughs) which went from room to room. That was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And there was that Simpsons ride. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Like the tea... The the teacups, but Bart's in Bart's head. Uh, That Simpsons ride is really great, though. Don't have a cow, man. (laughs) You have to be this high to get murdered here. Did I just hear something? No. <laughs> um, so, according to what I read, all of Holmes's employees, hotel guests, f- uh, and fiancés were required to have life insurance policies. Mm, Holmes the- paid the premiums as long as they listed him as the beneficiary. Like the so, guests. That's this is what I read. Fiancés. This is what I read on crimemuseum.org. So, if that's incorrect, it's on you. A website called crimemuseum.org. Can I guess what happened to all the the guests and his fiancés, multiple fiancés, that he had a policy on? Did they all go missing and he got the money? <laughs> that seems to be the common thread amongst all the people who, who'd stay at this hotel or get married to him and stay Imagine at this hotel. Let me guess what the Chicago police were doing all these years. <clears throat> Dipping giant <laughs> freshly baked pretzels into mustard. <laughs> Is it... Were people just so incredibly stupid back then that if a guy was like, can I... I just have a favor to ask when you sign the guest book. Could you also get a life insurance policy while you're here? It's a Chicago treat. Yeah. You know what I mean? It seems incredibly suspicious. It's not like you are actually going whitewater rafting. You're going to sleep in a bed. What I want you to do is to write on the back of this postcard that you're in another city and then mail it a week after you go to miss. I mean, whatever. I'll just let 20 more. Yeah. Imagine, Mike, you, you know, you're, you're, dating some woman and uh and you're like yeah it's going pretty good like i'm, I'm moving in uh yeah she got me to do this life insurance policy but you know mm-hmm. that's like fine like it would be a bit she's really adamant that i sign it yeah, as soon as it'd possible be, it'd be a bit yeah. of a warning sign yeah i told Guess her i what? didn't know how to mountain climb but she's everest seems to be where she wants to go for the honeymoon so guess what mom dad i'm engaged to the Black Widow. <laughs> and she lives in the murder house. 
<laughs> I'm excited. So um, Holmes is killing these these ladies mostly. It seems ladies. And uh, what was the body count? He's at the top twenty six. Twenty seven. He. This is one thing I do know about him. He ad- he admitted or confessed is I think the word uh, you use in this instance. He confessed to twenty seven murders. Several of the people he confessed to murdering were alive and verified to be alive at the time. Really? Yeah. He's like, I why did he do I, that? I because the guy's a cracker, Jack. The guy, the guy had too many. <laughs> Enough said. Well, um, so one of his early victims was a mistress of his called Julia Smythe. She was the wife of. Julia um, Stiles? <laughs> uh, no, you're thinking of the SNL cast member. Well, no, wait, oh, no, no, wait. That was Julia Sweeney. Fuck, oh, I Julia fucked that Sweeney. up. Pat. Julia, yeah, Julia Stiles was from 10 Things Couldn't I Hate About You. Couldn't do Pat today. Well said. Yep. So there's this woman who was his mistress, okay? And she was the wife of a man who moved into the castle. Okay. <laughs> Chris, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> oh, boy, okay. oh, boy. Okay. Okay. So... She's married to a guy who works at the pharmacy at the pharmacy's jewelry <laughs> counter. Simple life I back then. To, I went to medical school to, to sell jewelry <laughs> at a drugstore. Yeah. Um, so anyway, this guy found out about the affair, moved away, and left Julia and her daughter with Holmes. No. Quitters. Yeah. Um, Julia and her daughter disappeared on Christmas Eve, 1891. Holmes blamed Julia's death on an abortion gone wrong. Okay. Christmas Eve? Yeah. That's Christ- the darkest day of the year. To Very get- easy to go missing. It's a weird day to get an abortion. That's a really good point. Oh, yeah. Point. It's like the opposite of the birth of Jesus. Yeah. Normal abortion days are June 1st, July 5th. Like, summer's nice, fun time. Imagine Mary got an abortion on Christmas Eve. We would probably uh, all be speaking German right now. (laughs) (laughs) Or donkey. (laughs) Yeah, that's when the donkeys take over. They start a new religion. So he did the the deed to these two. (laughs) He... uh, <laughs> he, that's when the donkeys take over. Christ was the only thing. Keeping yeah. The donkeys <laughs> yeah, because check. when Jesus was born, you know, great Christianity. If he never was there, I think the, the donkeys Roman would have had Empire, something going on the there. Roman mm-hmm. Empire's legions fighting against the donkeys. <laughs> yeah. So there was an abortion gone wrong. Um. Uh, yeah. He. I on think Christmas he, Eve. Yeah, I think he really did try to do the abortion and did kill the mom. And later revealed that he poisoned the daughter, likely to hide the fact that he botched the abortion. Uh, later on, they did find a child's skeleton in the cellar when they excavated the building. So he kills one person, and, and then, then to do- shut her- cover up for that murder, he kills another person. Yes, what? that's a like child, when I no eat less. one donut. I have to eat a second donut so that no one knows that I <laughs> ate one donut. Yeah, if I, or if I eat an, uh, a roti, an Indian roti, I have to eat that Indian roti's daughter. <laughs> <laughs> And as Chris said before, what were the cops like? Was he? I don't understand. Like, you're a doctor. You're a doctor, so obviously you can't be a criminal. Like, exactly. Mike, thank you. See, well, I help. When you when you see eventually what triggers the police to finally seemingly investigate, it's weird. I completely agree. With you. I don't cops understand. Showed up. They said, "Okay, fine. We're triggered now." <laughs> and wasn't because this was in You've Chicago been to investigate. Yeah. So you know what it is? Was, Penny farthings are wobbly, and the yeah. cops didn't trust them. Uh, yeah. Or maybe that's what the... Were the cops on Penny farthings? I don't know. Can I just say, because this is in Chicago, right? Yep. Are you telling me that, that Urkel 
wasn't already a little <laughs> suspicious and telling Carl Winslow that he it's, should investigate. You know what, though? Imagine Mr. that. Mr. Honor Kelland, his fiance, signed a life Imagine the Winslows policy. lived on the same plot of land oh, 100 years later. Um, okay, so like I what said. About the Perfect Strangers. They, yes, the Perfect Strangers. What about strangers? the Perfect Strangers, James? Yeah. Well, James. they worked at the Chicago Tribune, James. which were, might have been, which might have covered the story. Holy what about shit. the sh- perfect strangers? They found Balky's uh, skeleton under the murder <laughs> castle. Balky? Balky's skeleton, yeah. James. Yes, David. What about the perfect strangers? <laughs> well, David, we've already I'm said, we've already done a couple dumb jokes to about follow that. follow this story. <laughs> Wait, are you imitating me? <laughs> Okay, so it's a bit hard to say what's legend about Holmes or what's truth. There's this idea that all these people who worked or stayed at the murder castle would disappear there and Holmes would get insurance money on their deaths. Um, Some say, or some suggest, like Mike said, that the 1893 World's Fair, this was like an opportunity where for him where a lot of these people who are in the city visiting uh, would stay there and go missing. And Mike, in the book you read? That's how it's presented. That Yeah, he, he uh, took advantage of this situation. Yeah. Yeah. People, uh, you know, uh, naive people never been to the big city before, you know. And like, welcome to the jungle. I think it was, <laughs> I think it was that the house was really... Like there was a lot of that going on. I think it's just been exaggerated. Like that, there's a peephole and a and a painting with the eyes cut out, like and a glory like hole. <laughs> every, 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 every door, yeah, the glory <laughs> hole was real. Would you guys stick your wang in a glory hole? No, if it was in my own house. Wait, <laughs> if I was visiting Chicago for the World's Fair, yes, I would. Okay, I don't think I would because you don't I'd know what's on the other glory. side. Yeah. <laughs> okay. What if a cow was licking it and you didn't even know? Exactly. <laughs> why would there be a cow in my house? <laughs> the Chicago. Well, this is if you do use one in a farm or at a barn yeah. or something. Yeah, you live on a farm in L.A. So, World Fair's over, okay? Um, Fine. The, uh, the Chicago's, economy, Chicago's economy goes in a slump. Mm. So, Holmes... Um, they should have uh, saved their money. Well said. <laughs> Holmes abandoned the castle and focused on... Uh, and focused on like insurance scams, committing random murders along the way. Right. So um, Holmes met and became close friends with a guy called Benjamin Peitzel, a carpenter with a criminal past. Holmes used Peitzel as his right-hand man for all these criminal schemes. Was that his business card? Right-hand man? Peitzel. <laughs> yeah, Peitzel. <laughs> oh, what was he? Woodworker with a criminal oh, past. Oh, carpenter with a criminal <laughs> past. Carpenter with a criminal past. One eight hundred three three seven. A district district attorney later described Peitzel as quote Holmes's tool, his creature. I thought that was a very DDP mm. sentence to say. This guy's like creature. his creature. He's my. Creature. You think of a little golem or something. So um, there's another murder verified around this time. Holmes met an actress named Minnie Williams. They started dating. He scammed her into transferring the deed of some property she had in Texas into his name. Soon after, she's never seen again. A lot of stuff like that. Holmes. Kind of getting sick of this routine. Me too. It's like hack. Yep. Yeah, he just does the same shit. It is insane the amount of times it seems like he did this. I look like if a murderer and an insurance scammer (laughs) had a baby. (laughs) (laughs) I know what you're thinking. Yeah. With insurance companies threatening to prosecute him, Holmes left Chicago in 1894 for Texas. 
And he <laughs> and he moved down there <laughs> to the property he stole from that actress, um, Fort Worth. So he tried to actually build another weird hotel there, <laughs> changing contractors all the time and not paying anyone, but it never got done. That's exactly what Trump did. Yeah. He'd, he'd do the old switcheroo and then be like, yeah, sue me if you want money. With the Polish workers <laughs> who built my, uh, Trump Tower, yeah. That's my Trump impression. Get out of here. So sue me. So <laughs> sue me if you want my money. <laughs> It's like a very tired Trump. Um, so Holmes then got briefly jailed for stealing and selling horses. But while in jail, he concocted a plan with his cellmate. He would take out an insurance policy. Oh, he only them. knows how to do two things. He's like the Ramones of crime. One thing. He had a friend that would help remind him that he needed to eat food and drink water. I just picture H.H. H. Holmes as like a MacGyver-like character who's like, I think I can get out of here. I just need an insurance policy and an elastic band. I insurance policied my way out of jail. Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, he convinced the governor to sign over the deed of the jail to him while incarcerated. He's like a what? Batman guy and just yeah. all his defense against the Joker is just, he takes out an insurance policy <laughs> on the Joker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? Batman should do that. He should take out an insurance policy on the Joker. Uh, Batman should make more money. So, yeah. He, this is his plan. He's concocting with his cellmate. He's going to take out an insurance policy for $10,000, <laughs> fake his own death, then give his cellmate 500 bucks in exchange uh, for, for a lawyer who could help him if problems arose. But he's faking his death in a prison. When he, that's like for when he gets out. Oh, okay. Right. So Holmes was released from jail and he attempted his plan. However, the insurance company was suspicious and did not pay him. When he showed up to get the check. <laughs> I died uh, a while ago. Give me that. So Sue me if you want, man. man. <laughs> Get out of here, Everyone's Donald Trump. me now, except for you guys, right? <laughs> That's Trump now. Yeah. So uh, Holmes comes up with another scheme, <laughs> this time in Philly. <laughs> does it involve... Uh, it does. <laughs> Remember Peitzel, his creature? Yes. <laughs> My creature. Uh, in this My scheme, creature. in this new scheme, this new updated scheme, Holmes... Got Peitzel to fake his death. <laughs> so Peitzel was to set him was to pretend that he was an inventor named B.F. Perry, did, <laughs> and then pretend to be killed and disfigured in a lab explosion. So Holmes was going to find a cadaver Burger and fiend. pretend that that cadaver was Peitzel posing as an inventor who had been blown up in a lab explosion. It's the perfect scheme. However. <laughs> This did not play out as intended, Fuck. because Holmes went ahead and changed the old game. The old game plan. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, oh no! Instead, Holmes instead of just pretending for burnt fucker, doesn't it? <laughs> oh fuck! Instead of just pretending that Peitzel was killed, Holmes just went ahead and killed him. <laughs> he knocked him unconscious with chloroform and set his body on fire. <laughs> his creature, burnt, burnt yes, fucker. <laughs> and then Holmes just kept the insurance money himself. Uh, also, a little dark note. Uh, it's, uh, forensic evidence showed that the chloroform on Peitzel was applied after he had already burned to death. So I think he was trying to make it look like suicide. God, rough way to go. Peitzel must have been Wait, just as chloroform would have burnt off. 
right? Yeah. Well, because it's very highly flammable. Oh, right. It? That's a good point, David. Or is it ether that's highly flammable? I mean, ether or get producer <laughs> Jamie on that. But Peitzel, when he saw, like, when he got bonked on the head and saw it was Holmes, he must have been like, but I didn't "You, you kidding me? Yeah, <laughs> I'm your creature." Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, hello. I thought, I thought it we was were, your creature. We're just gonna pretend I'm dying. No. I can pretend. <laughs> Look, I'm really good at it. Yeah, but you flunked out of Improv 101 at Second City. <laughs> um, okay. So Holmes uh, got the insurance payout on because of Peitzel's genuine corpse. And then Holmes went on to manipulate Peitzel's unsuspecting wife by allowing three of her five children to be placed in his custody. <laughs> I don't know how. How is this guy so convincing? He must. Everyone he meets, he's like, "Sign over your life to me." Some of your kids, let's mm-hmm. you know, let me perform an abortion. I people be are my just, creature. Be yeah. my creature. This is before insurance companies had like actual investigators that go and look into anything. I guess. I guess because remember in Double Indemnity, how hard Edward G. Robinson yeah. like presses his buddy. Yeah, he's like, what the "Fuck's going on, man." Yeah, no, yeah. Like they got no one like this in the past. So Holmes. Remember now, he's got Peitzel's three kids. Not who you want having your kids. Jesus. Uh, they traveled... This story makes me sick. Holmes and the children traveled throughout the northern United States and into Canada. Hey! Paisan! Welcome to Canada, eh? He also esc- he escorted Mrs. Peitzel, Peitzel's wife, along a parallel route all while using various aliases and lying to her concerning her husband's death, claiming that her husband was actually just in hiding, um, and lying to her about the true whereabouts about the missing children. He's over here, eh? <laughs> <laughs> Did he trick the government into signing over the rights for, the, for Niagara Falls? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to get an insurance policy yeah, and then he kills on it. the plains of <laughs> Abraham. <laughs> um, Holmes uh, killed the children. Okay. Shit. Uh, he put them into a large trunk, <laughs> locked them inside, drilled a hole in the lid of the trunk, and put one end of a hose through the hole, attaching the other to a gas line to asphyxiate them. And he buried their bodies in the cellar of a rental house right here in Toronto. Hey! I taste to live there. <laughs> What's the address? 16 Vincent Street, which is now no longer a street, apparently. it's par- it's been It's now part of Bay Street. Oh. Which is the financial district of Toronto, Canada. Which is full well, of a lot of so, sickos. Hey, yeah, exactly. Holmes was killing these people while now it's uh, corporations killing our fucking lifestyle. <laughs> and if you watch the corporation documentary, they tell you yeah. that corporations have this mentality of a psychopath. Yeah. Here's like what H.H. H. Holmes. Here's what I got to say about H.H. H. Holmes. He never kills people the same way twice. And well, that's really actually pretty that's cool. That's not really true. Like he bo- put gas in kids yeah. in a thing. He lit yeah. a guy on fire. He did fire. Toronto he style. Did a bad yeah. abortion. Yeah, I like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, would you guys want to hear about his downfall? Oh, love to. Yes. Please. Um, Don't gas my kids. <laughs> <laughs> Remember that cellmate he tried to concoct the original plan with? Yeah. Yeah. But uh, his name was Pretzel. Pretzel. <laughs> no, that was uh, the other guy. So uh, yeah. the cellmate with a criminal past, pretzel one No, that's well, okay. That's what pi- is it? Peitzel. Yeah, pretzel. Okay. Remember the cellmate though. Yes. Okay, the cellmate yes. who he tried to concoct this original plan with. He, that cellmate was so mad he never got money. 
from that initial scam, the, the one where bucks. exactly, yeah. David, great memory. Oh, that the cellmate told the police about Holmes. So that's it seemingly how they got onto him. Like uh, how they didn't manage to do this themselves, I don't understand. Right. So the police start investigating Holmes about fraud and uh, all these insurance things. Then later found the murder castle and were kind of like, hmm, interesting. And in the end, a guy named Frank Geyer, a Philadelphia police detective, found the bodies of the Peitzer girls in the cellar of the Toronto home. And uh, A Philadelphia cop found him in Toronto? I thought that was odd, too. I guess he was just like, hey, I'm going wherever we think uh, Holmes has been. Wow. And the Toronto police are like, we don't care. Back then, though, to come to Canada to continue investigation, at the border, you had to sign a sheet. <laughs> And also, it's probably like when um, when an American comedian comes here, and everyone's like, "Oh, thank you," and they you know bend yeah, over yeah. backwards. Yeah. And All these uh, Toronto that. cops were getting selfies taken with the <laughs> Philadelphia cop. Oh, was that in a, in a back with him to, in front of a mirror? <laughs> All yeah. fighting over who was going to get to open for him. <laughs> <laughs> Can I invest? Who like solves a, a crime? Yeah, yeah, they solve a crime, a smaller crime, just before his bigger yeah, crime. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I was there the day he discovered the tank of the kids. <laughs> That was great, that crime you solved before the Philadelphia cops <laughs> solved the crime. Where are you from? I'm from here. I'm from Toronto. <laughs> so, uh, Philadelphia. <laughs> There's a couple big crimes you might be good at. <laughs> so Holmes's, yeah. Holmes's murder spree finally ended when he was arrested in Boston on November 17th, 1894, after being tracked there. By the private Pinkerton National Defense Agency. The That's best in the God, biz. Goddamn you half-Japanese girls. Is it freaking... every time. Yeah, Pinkerton. Is that what Pinkerton, yeah. the album, is named after? The Pinkertons... It's named after... Private security who, like, were strike breakers, right? Like, they also oh. caught uh, or were chasing down... Uh, What's-his-face? Uh, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Oh. No way. Yeah, the yeah. P- Pinkerton, with, the... Uh, the Pat with the Garrett. Hat. They hired Pat Garrett no, to hunt him down. Billy the Kid. Wait, who'd you say? Uh, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. That's not... They're not real, are they? They, (laughs) Yes, they are. Yeah. They died in Bolivia. (laughs) I didn't know Anyone who dies in Bolivia becomes real retroactively. (laughs) And the... Pinkerton, the, uh, the the Weezer album is based on a character from Madame Butterfly. Madame Butterfly. But the Pinkertons caught Holmes. They did. And in 1895, Holmes was put on trial for the merger... Murder... Of Benjamin Peitzel. Funny he said merger because his original last name was Mudgert. Hey, yeah, that's a good point. Uh, he was found guilty yeah, and sentenced. found guilty of Mudgert. <laughs> he was found guilty and sentenced to death. By then, it was evident that Holmes had murdered the three children we were talked about. That's really sad. I'm sorry I joked about that. And he confessed to seven to twenty seven murders in Chicago, Indianapolis, and right here. In the six. Several of those Woo! people were alive and were verified by the investigation to weird. be alive at the time. That's super huh. weird. Which I did. Did he get a yeah. picture of himself to, uh, sitting on top of the CN Tower? <laughs> uh, oh, like views. Drake views. Maybe. I did see that Holmes was paid $7,500 by some newspapers in exchange for his confession, which was mostly found to be nonsense. Yeah. Hmm. So, hmm. interesting. It's great, though, that he... Spent some time up here, up north, you know? At least yeah. those, those kids got to see a civilized country, <laughs> you know? Uh, Can I ask you a question about H.H. Holmes? Sure. How come he wasn't just a normal guy? <laughs> <laughs> you know, there could be a part two just to address that. 
No, but like I say this often when we talk about these guys, but it's too bad that back in the day uh, there wasn't like something like better help because H. H. Holmes could have really benefited from, <laughs> you know, talking to someone online or Imodium because I bet he had a lot of diarrhea. Why do you say that? I just wanted to include diarrhea in the podcast at some point. Fair. Fair. Want to hear a couple just little post-death anecdotes here? Um, yeah. Yes. Yeah. What did he do after he died? <laughs> <laughs> well, a couple, a couple things. He got a life insurance policy. <laughs> um, in 1896, he was hanged, uh, and until the moment of his death, Holmes remained calm and amiable, showing very few signs of fear, anxiety, or depression. So he probably didn't need better help. Michael. I feel right, right. like he was crazy. Despite this. He asked for his coffin to be contained in cement and buried 10 feet deep because he was concerned that grave robbers would steal his body and use it for dissection. When he was finally hung, Holmes's neck did not break. He instead strangled to death slowly, <laughs> twitching for over 15 minutes before being pronounced dead. Oh. 15 minutes. In the future, everyone will twitch for 15 Dean minutes. <laughs> Andy Dick said that, I think. Was that who it was? Uh, Did you say Andy Dick? Watched... Andy Dick. Yeah, Andy Dick's famous quote. Uh, he could have watched half an episode of The Simpsons. <laughs> <laughs> That's an extraordinarily long time to suffocate. Do you think that the, yeah. the hangman did that on purpose? You know, I don't know. What do you think? Maybe. Were they... I don't know. Hangmen do better. (laughs) (laughs) Clap emoji. Uh, The the murder castle, someone burned it down in 1895 and uh, was torn down after that. So people, I guess, thought, ugh, bad vibes. Did purple spirits of, like, (laughs) ghosts fly up into the sky? (laughs) Yeah. Thank you. We are released. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then the last little thing here. Uh, People thought that maybe Holmes wasn't really executed. He escaped somehow. So in 2017, to check, his body was exhumed and tested. And... uh found murderer DNA. <laughs> <laughs> but, get you know, kind of a creepy little final note. Because, remember, he asked his coffin to be contained yeah. in, c- in cement? His body didn't really decompose that much. His clothes were perfectly preserved and his mustache was found to be intact. His famous mustache. mustache. (laughs) The mustache was stolen by grave robbers. So they honored his wishes. at Malabar's in downtown (laughs) Toronto. I feel like if you kill that many people, especially kids, in such a horrendous way, you don't get to uh, say, uh, don't uh, fiddle with my corpse after you die. (laughs) I know. Yeah, they fiddled. They fiddled to their heart's content. While Rome burned. Rome burned while we fiddled with H.H. H. Holmes's <laughs> corpse. <laughs> that was only four years ago they did that. Oh. Anyway. So Is that true? Yep. It was when Trump was president. Maybe Trump was like, you know. We've got to find him. Yeah. <laughs> We've got to find out what's going on with, uh, you know. <laughs> I also... <laughs> I also exonerate H.H. H. Holmes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so he just can do anything and people go, okay. You made him his new attorney general for a few months? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe he will support my lies. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do I don't know lies. how to do it. Hi, I'm Trump. <clears throat> hey, I'm Trump. I'm the lies ghost. <laughs> Has anyone eaten lasagna recently? It's weird now, right? <laughs> uh, I had COVID. 
<laughs> Remember that? Almost Thought died. died. Oh, well, I'm not. Yeah, I know you guys are not political, and you don't come down on either side of any issue. But I really <laughs> hoped he died when he had COVID. And I was wow. so sad that he didn't die. <laughs> Try to keep it nonpartisan. Oh on no, this I, I, however, am a uh, famous socialist <laughs> activist and agitator. Who, That's right. Uh, and uh, I hoped uh, Trump would uh, <laughs> die, perhaps by fire or whatever but when he had covid i was like i hope he just dies have you made a molotov cocktail before uh what is that uh two uh, shots gin of gin and, and uh, <laughs> just a bit of vermouth uh, yeah, old newspaper. What is that? Uh, coffee and Coca Cola, maraschino <laughs> cherry. <laughs> Well, James, thank you for taking yeah, us through the, you guys. the twisted life of H.H. Holmes. Pretty bad. Thanks yes. so much for telling the story, James. I'm really sorry that we tried to joke sometimes. Chris, what is your problem? <laughs> like, what do you think the podcast should be? Not, not explaining this terrifying tale? Mm, I'm shaking. I, I think, think the podcast should be mostly me watching you guys fall oh, apart. Oh, my this God. Is like it's Beatles, been a rough one today. Uh, it's yeah. only because you're Why here. It's the opposite oh, because sorry. when um, what's his name Billy uh, Preston Billy Preston came in Esquire. they got along better whereas when you come in that's we're true falling apart that's actually true well, you're the well, opposite of, of Billy vibe. Preston <laughs> ah, my work is done <laughs> now let's go up on the roof and get this done for real um, they sang the same song like twenty times when you guys watched that Beatles documentary that came out, right? Roof Boys, yeah. I never. <laughs> and they because they were recording the album yes. from the roof. I didn't realize that they sang like "Get Back" twenty times till they got it right. So people <laughs> on the streets were just listening to the same song over and over again, but you couldn't make it out because it's just echoing from a roof. You can't make out the lyrics. You can't make out the music. So they just were subjected to hell for like an hour and a half. Yeah, the police should have got there earlier and shut it down. <laughs> shut it down. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine they shot the Beatles off the roof. The Fab Four. They would do that now. <laughs> they would. The cops would do that now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. Evilometer boys. Are you yes. going to wheel it out? We, why don't you do the honors? All right. Let me just attach the uh, rope <laughs> to my waistband here as I. <gasps> and we put a little bow on it <gasps> and some balloons. Oh, is it out yet? <laughs> it's out. It's out. Here we go. <sighs> Good job, David. That's not easy to do, especially for your first time. Yeah. Thanks so much. All so, right, Evilometer, would you like some nuggets? Um, Chris, why don't you go first? What would you give H.H. H. Holmes? H.H. H. Oh. Okay. Um, you gave him two point. It's two and two thirds for each H. That's right. Yeah, uh, Mike. Now, do I condone what he did in terms of uh, scamming everyone he met, uh, insurance fraud, uh, outright murder, uh, probably ripping off tradesmen? No, I don't condone that. Do I admire him for coming up north and you know contributing to the Canadian economy? <laughs> He probably bought some stuff while he was here, stayed at a hotel or two, um, maybe went to a restaurant, so that's awesome. Went to Timmy's. Went to Timmy's, uh, supported local businesses, which really means a great deal to me. Caught a Jay's game. Yeah. (laughs) Went to Hanlon's Point. Went to Hanlon's Point and got his you-know-what out because it's a nude beach. Um, Probably intertubed on the Allura Gorge there in that river. Oh, Allura's nice. Probably tried some... Some of the uh, the yummy ice cream you can get here in Toronto. Yeah. <laughs> right? Charcoal. Charcoal ice Dutch cream. Dutch Dreams. Dutch Dreams. 
Um, you probably saw some local Norwegian th- nightmares. The failed. yeah, yeah. <laughs> probably saw some local theater. Um, the Rivoli, see the kids in the hall. You saw the kids in the hall. Now I admire all that, but I think he did more bad than good. And I have to give him a <laughs> nine. <laughs> <laughs> more bad than good. <laughs> That's well said, Mike. That was a really good, really <laughs> good you. input. Yeah. Uh, I'll, how about I'll go next, and then you t- you end it, David. Yeah, I'll end it. Uh, and we do, what do we do? We add it up and average it? No, we don't. We don't. Oh, we um, submit it to the to the board. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, Library of Congress. <laughs> so mm, everything Mike says correct. Honestly, to me, this is a pretty easy open and shut evilometer uh, score. He was really bad. There's not anything that makes you go, oh, but I kind of like him. Like some of the guys you, you like a bit and you don't want to give him too harshly a score. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to say 9.1. I mean, he seemed to have a nice mustache might be a thing. Yeah, and clearly was charming. Yeah. Talking of 500 people into signing their life over to him. <laughs> yeah. uh, David? Um, I think he just spoke quickly and people didn't know what it was. I am, um, you know, this guy's a real villain. I would say that... Uh, you know, if you can write a book about him, he can't be that good, right? <laughs> and Mike read a book about him. I would say he killed a lot of people. He he futzed with insurance companies, and you don't futz. Yeah. Futzing is a real bad one. And insurance companies need that money so that they can have it for themselves, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, and he, uh, especially today, given the changes going on in America, he performed an illegal abortion which uh, ended up in someone's death, so you you don't want to be seeing a lot of that these days. I'm going to give this guy an 8.9. I'm not going to give him a 9, because Mm. I do think he could have been a little bit more evil if he had uh, killed more kids. I don't know. (laughs) But he gets an 8.9 from me. That's a reasonable score. Yeah. And from, uh, from my Twitter followers who told me the number. Very good. Can I just say that I only said 8 because it sounded like H? Do you want to resubmit? <laughs> no. <laughs> You're just getting it on the record. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, damn, guys. That's uh, that's it for this episode. Um, David, thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, thank you for having me. Is there anything and you want to get flight? out there? Um, yeah, davidandimporter.com. I got uh, recipes. <laughs> I don't know. I don't have any funny way to end this. I just thought I'd look at the three of you uh, for a couple seconds each in the eyes <laughs> and see which one of you seem most honest. I think James. Oh, yeah, I'm a liar. <laughs> I'm a liar, eh? I don't know what I am. <laughs> <laughs> You're honest. I'm a liar, eh? No, I'm joking. No, I'm joking, eh? I'm from Canada. (laughs) Or, like, am I? (laughs) Well, it sounds like that was just another great episode of... has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. Sonar! Oh, let's do the James Zone. Okay, sure. <laughs> Everybody? Wait. Can I do it? Sure. Everybody, we're about to enter the James Zone. James Zone. What was that? That was a very tepid yell. I thought you had a song, though.
Oh, let's do it again. Then. Sure. The but did you have one? What was it? Okay, I don't know. you take it from the top there again. Mm. And okay, the ladies and gentlemen, we're about to enter the James Zone. Time to. No, okay, do it again. Do it again. Ladies. Everyone, shut up. Ladies and gentlemen, we're about to enter the James Zone. James Zone. Can you say James Zone, then I'll sing. Oh, I will do the robot voice? Okay, here we go. Top quality.